Hey everybody, uh, this is your Vineyard Podcast, where we're trying to help you love Jesus, grow together, and give back. I'm Mark Pope, and I'll be your host this week, as we are going to try to tackle a difficult subject. It's the topic of violence in schools, and how we can respond as Christians. Uh, our guest today is Justin Heinold. He is married to an amazing woman, I think. I don't yep, know her real absolutely. well. Is she amazing? She's amazing. She's amazing. Megan, he's the father of three kids and I believe has one on mm -hmm. the way. Mm -hmm. He is the principal at Prairie View Elementary School in Rolling Prairie. Uh, he's been at the Vineyard Church for five years. He's been a team vineyard member most of that time. He's in one of our small groups and actually helps us coach some of our groups. And so welcome, Justin. Hey, thanks very much, Mark. It's, uh, you know, I, it's a pleasure being here. I appreciate the invitation. And I, I think that we're going to have a really great conversation about, you know, what we can do for our families here at the vineyard as they explore and kind of learn a little bit more about yeah. education and and their kids. Yeah. Now, how long have you been in education as a profession? Yeah, absolutely. So um, kind of small scale to large scale here. I'm actually entering my second year as the elementary principal, uh, five years overall in the district that I serve, uh, but 12 overall. So I had done um, seven years of teaching at the middle school and the high school levels. Mm. Uh, previous to, to becoming an administrator. So I actually have a little bit of experience in, in all of K-12. I mean, I, I guess starting at the middle school, going to the high school, an administrator nice. at a middle school, and now an administrator at an elementary. So you're like so, now an expert? Like an, an education ninja. <laughs> an <edu> <laughs> a utility man, I guess. And he just said an education ninja. Working on so it. So that's, that's exciting for yeah. us. Yeah. So we've got a few questions and things. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the hope is that maybe with your insight that we might um, be helpful in our attempt to pray for schools. We might be more wise uh, in our approach, maybe as parents, as leaders in our community. And so uh, with all that in mind, I think we've got some pretty good questions to, to help us springboard into the conversation. Yeah. So... We'll just get at a couple of these. The first one is this. So in the news, there's so much uh, reported on violence in schools and being a principal now, can you help us see kind of what you see on a daily basis? What would you view as like the most legitimate concerns? What should we be aware of? Uh, that's a that's a great question. One of the things I love about education is seeing kids every day, uh, especially at the elementary school. They love coming to school. They've got smiles on. They all are are eager to learn, eager to please. Uh, a lot of our younger students are that way. Um, so I mean, that's part of what I see. You know, as they kind of get older, as I had those experiences in middle school and high school, some of that starts to wane. They start to get really focused on, um, you know, the educational part of it, trying to to identify their career paths. And a lot of our, you know, older students, they, they struggle identifying by the time of 16, 18, what do I want to do when I grow up? Um, you know, I think our 20-year-olds sometimes will even say that same thing. So, you know, what I see on a daily basis in education is, um, especially for me, our kids love being at school. 
Hmm. Um, I, I really get that sense that they come and they know that they are in a safe environment. They're with teachers that who care about them. And I really think that that's the biggest maybe step that we can take is building relationships with kids in school. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's my teachers who have daily interactions. My favorite thing about the day is being there when the kids arrive and saying hi to every single one of them, using their names, making them feel comfortable, um, you know, and establishing an environment for them where they know, hey, I'm safe here and I'm going to I'm going to give my best because these people care about me. And I think as you know, as parents a lot too. you know, the more we pour into our kids, the more that we show mm-hmm. them that we care. You know, we kind of earn that respect, uh, you know, from the kids as well, from our own children uh, to really kind of keep going on. So, you know, despite, you know, hearing a lot of um, violence in um, in schools, but I, you know, we could expand this to it's not just schools. It happens in churches. It happens in supermarkets. I mean, supermarkets. These things are uh, in our face. And and one of the things that we I really feel like um, that we do well in our school district is having those conversations with kids about making good choices, making safe choices when they need to, empowering them to to know what to do in situations. Yeah. So whether that's, uh, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we were always doing fire drills once a month, and that's all we did oh. because the last school fire was I don't know when, you know? And uh, I re- remember probably in early education or maybe even as a student, joking every once in a while when I'd see that video of kids hiding underneath the desk and an atomic bomb drops on top of the desk. And that's how you were supposed to hide from it. Um, but now we're in a, a, a um, you know, an environment, a, mm-hmm. a situation where we are practicing active shooter drills, okay. uh, a lockdown drill, a, a lockout where there might be something in the community, but not necessarily in the school. Okay. So how do we address, you know, continuing education when something next door might be happening right um, well let me let yeah. me ask you this sure. if so you've been in education for a dozen years yeah. have you seen i guess i gotta ask it this way do you feel like there is more of a challenge regarding violence in the midst of your school or in our school system um have you seen changes mm-hmm. in the last five or ten years that you're noticing and working with is that a fair question? I, I think it's a fair question. You know, I think in the last five to ten years, Indiana's actually done a really good job on trying to prepare leaders to be um, school safety specialists. It's an academy that the Indiana that the state runs to train educational leaders on becoming school safety specialists. Oh, okay. So where we can have them come in and give us an audit of the schools to figure out where we need to to look at certain things as far as safety. I can remember being in an elementary school many years ago um, but we didn't have double entry secure I mean everything is becoming um, you know there is a heightened sense of keeping kids safe Um, so double entry secure doors or visitor management systems with passes Um, you know I I hear in some of the stories uh, of these situations um, you know where doors were propped open because of rocks or you know they never locked the doors well I, I know that we, you know, that's one of those things like take the rocks out of the doors, just have an, an adult stand there. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I, I don't mean to joke about that, but those are some of the things that we just yeah. pay attention to now yeah. um, instead of just, well, I have basketball practice and I want all 30 kids to come in and I don't want to wait for them. Well, okay. let's make sure that the building is inaccessible as much as possible. So I, I think that those are just a couple of things that, 
you know, we've we've seen advancements in additional training for for mm-hmm. leaders. Um, there's multiple ones in in districts and in schools that want to to learn about that, um, and that just comes from you know, I, I think educators especially like to learn. I mean, that's why they're still oh. in schools is they always want to learn. They want to learn from another district. They want to learn from past experiences. So even though some of these situations happen, we can learn from the debriefing of things like uh, there was a situation in Noblesville a couple of years ago. I mean, that hit home because that's in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And there have been other situations in our state um, or going back to Sandy Hook. I mean, we can go all the way back to Columbine. I remember that. And I was in school, uh, just not there when that one happened a long time ago. So we've been able to learn and, and grow from those situations. I think we are constantly getting better. Yeah. So I hear you saying there are just significant changes and up grades in the school systems that are trying to make everything more safe. And I don't think that's unique to our corporation. Mm, I mean, a lot of corporations will get additional funding for school resource officers to be present or um, other additional security measures just so that we can say, hey, parents, guess what? We're keeping your kids safe here at our schools. Yeah. So as a uh, bouncing up to another to another question, as a, a parent of three Elm, they're all still in elementary school. Two of them are currently in school. One's still okay. a little too young. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, with all the interaction with with kids and your own, from your seat, would are you beginning to see some uh, what you might call potential contributing factors to the increase? of potential violence mm-hmm. among elementary school kids, middle school kids, high school kids? Do you think there are contributing factors we should be aware of? I, I do send, you, you know, sometimes I can get stuck in a rabbit hole of checking out social media and reading one side of stories or whatever. But from a lot of the experiences that I've had, again, high school, middle school, and elementary, um, you know, one of the things that I feel could be a, a contributing factor is is the socialization parts that really happen around those middle ages. Not that kids can't talk to each other, but the way that we begin to form connections is now a lot more social media type things. So there's a lot, uh, a lot of instances where, well, I'm not right in front of you, so I might be able to say whatever I want about you. Oh. A, a phrase, a keyboard warrior, or something like that, where like they're not afraid because. Well, if I say something mean to you, maybe in front okay. of you, you might hit me. But if I say it on Snapchat or if, if I post it somewhere else where I didn't actually want you to see it, but your friend copied it, now you saw it, and now we're, we have this struggle with our relationships. Um, and I think that you know, as kids get older, they rely more on relationships with one another than they do with the adults. Oh. I think with, you know, with elementary, they, they rely a lot on building positive relationships with adults, and they start to learn some independence. But as you get older, uh, I mean, I really think for parents, and it's one thing that I am not f- fully tackling yet with my own children, but when they begin to be interested in social media and being outside of our influence, um, you know, I really hope that we as parents have been the primary disciple makers of our kids and given yeah. them enough truth um, that they'll be able to make good decisions when it comes to those situations. So I do believe, um, you know, kind of that question is, you know, those, uh, the tensions between social interactions or sometimes even with an adult and a student, if the wrong thing is said, that those that can build over time, uh, you know, we may use the word bullying or harassment. And as those things kind of compound, um, you know, I feel like students, I don't, I don't want to say they give up, but they start to lose hope. Um, 
And as you get huh. to an adult, you know, you, I don't know if what kind of situations or what would have prompted mm -hmm. these people to make some of those decisions, but I so, do see that so that could increase you, I, in violence. What I hear you saying, some is there is a, a a wildness or an uncontrol. This probably isn't even a word. <laughs> Uh, an uncontrollability of the social media where uh, somebody might post something not really intending for their other person to see it, but because it's social media, they see it and then they get mad. But it was never intended to start a fight, fight. but because of the... the is that what you're saying? Is that I do. I think that there is a course of some unintended consequences, but I think also, okay. uh, you know, I think on the other side, um, you know, some of those were intended. You know, I, okay. I meant to hurt you. You know, and, because um, it's easier to in, it's easier to say something hurtful. It's easier to text or post something hurtful because of the rather than say it to someone's face to face. Sure. Yeah. And huh. and I and I you know I don't know if that's. A, you know, an all-encompassing general right. rule, but you know, I it's think one, that there are some of those that could be a contributing factor. Yeah, it's one of the things you're seeing that that's not helping, arguably. Right, and and really, and and maybe this is something that we could go down that road too. But I think, um, and again, I my kids are still young, elementary. Sure. There's no personal devices besides their school devices. But as we get into there. And so for some of you know, our listeners... Does, your, have, does Adeline, your six-year-old, does she have uh, her own cell phone? And she Facebook does not. Account? She does not have that. We <laughs> okay. have not I just thought her. I'd clarify. <laughs> Nor does the two-year-old. Uh, you know, we haven't gone that far. <laughs> okay. Um, but I think that it's just a really... It's not that there's... You know, I think that there can be a lot of benefits to social media and in ways of connecting to communities or to other, mm -hmm. to other individuals. And I think that... You know, just depending on our generations or how we approach it, you know, our kids are going to get into it. No matter, you know, we might want to slow down that train or stop it, whatever we can. Okay. But I think the best thing we can do is to teach them how to use it responsibly. And I think that that's uh, maybe a gap. Um, and and I don't know how to. I'm going to work on that. You know, I'm not yeah. saying I have all the answers on teaching responsible social media, but there are experts out there that have information that they could get. Mm -hmm. uh, but just being present in their lives, and you know, I'll even go a step further. I think it's not just social media, but having conversations with your kids about things that are happening at school. Oh. We've had to switch the questions sometimes that we ask at dinner with our kids instead of, how was your day at school? I remember my mom asked me that. How was school? Good. Yeah. That was it. Conversation over. Uh, to some more things that are, tell me something great that happened at school today. Or tell me about a challenge that, was, that you had at school. Oh. And I think that you know, we can focus so much on the successes and the great things, but if we really want our kids to be good problem solvers, good communicators, conflict resolutioners, if that's a word, uh, <laughs> is to be able to hear what they're struggling with at six, seven, eight. You know, what was a hard thing for them? What did what did you see another student do in class? How can we help you learn from so that? You're, so you're really kind of working to open the door in case there's something your child should be talking about. You need to come up with good, we need to be coming up with good questions so that the conversation can get meaty if it needs to be. Yeah, I, de that I definitely think that that's a strong advantage. Um, and I know not every family is able to sit down for dinner every single night. You know? Okay, right. You know, if you can make that a priority to have those conversations with your kids each and every day, I'm sure that they can come home from school and tell you, hey, another student said this or did this or I was thinking about saying or doing. Okay. How can I handle that? 
Um, and I think a lot of that is is those relationships with, you build with your own children, the trust, the responsibility, mm-hmm. the respect, that they would freely communicate with you. And I am not saying that we are perfect at this no. for sure. And you know, there's some certain times we don't even know the answer to help you know help them through a situation, but you know, we want to problem solve with them and give them as much guidance as we can if it happens again. So to, to reframe a very similar question, the ch- let's just say the, the students that seem to be navigating life the best, um, avoiding violence, all those kind of things, would you say what are some of the things that seem to be present in their mm-hmm. life? that really prepare them for the world. So like you would say, good open conversations with a parent. Yeah. I, are there and, other things that seem to be marks of the kids that uh, are less likely to get involved in the violence? Or does that make sense? It does. I mean, I can add maybe one thing to that that sticks yeah. out and is just being able to recognize their I mean, it's weird. Recognize their feelings, like to understand that I'm sad, like, or I'm oh. mad, or and that's maybe why I'm acting this way. Huh. So I think being able to name a feeling, being able to recognize that um, there's a certain emotion, and not always reacting, but making the time to pause and to reflect. So I think you know a reflection piece is huge. Um, you know, I think that would be a lot easier for some of us as we get older than it is for a, so, five, a five-year-old kindergartner, right. you know, and when somebody cut in front of you in line, it's a little bit harder for them to think that, okay, pause, I'm not feeling happy right now. You cut me. That's cheating, you know, right. and, and a reaction. But it is one of the things in education that we do want to help kids to understand sure. um, how to solve some of those problems, how to feel confident in asking an adult for help if it's... if. If it's not a parent that you can ask, if there's a teacher right there. And I think that comes full circle back to the beginning where I said relationships matter. You know, they just do. As educators, you know, strong teachers, strong leaders in education, they're going to take time and effort to not only build relationships with the kids, but with the community, with with each other, um, and with the parents. So as much as we can make that a community, I think it really um, will extend and enrich all of the kids' lives that go to that school. Yeah. Um, I want to bounce to a question. I, I almost any time if I'm interviewing, I like to hear: Is there a scripture that guides you as a parent, as a leader, uh, regarding uh, raising kids, dealing with our present cultural situations? What are some scriptures that tend to guide you as a parent or even as a principal? It. it and I like this because I can refer to this was a, a message that it might have been you had given or maybe Steve had given two or three years ago. Okay. Um, and it was about young leaders. I, I don't remember the exact topic. I think I still have the uh, notes that I had taken from one of the message where I had written everything in there. And I believe the scripture was on there because this is one of the ones that keeps coming back to me. Yeah. So it's 1 Timothy 4.12. says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. I mean, so... I so mean, this, yeah, go ahead and read that again. So yeah, it's in you bet. Which, which is it? So this is 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy. 4.12. Yeah. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And 
for me personally, and, and I, I've heard this scripture before, it just never stuck with me until, you know, I think about actually now being in a leadership position where I want to, I want to do those things. You know, I, I, maybe I'm not as young as I once was, right? So I'm starting right. to, to add on some years. Um, but I just actually, you know, thinking about this recently, this is a good, um, good piece of scripture for me as a leader, but I think in education, it's one of the things I want my students to also have, mm-hmm. even if they don't read the Bible, these were, these are the things that I would, uh, I would hope that they would be able right. to pick up, that they would be good examples of maybe not yeah. believers, but they would be respectful in their sure. speech and their conduct. So, I mean, these are those values I think we want to instill in the students, whether we use the scripture, first Timothy four twelve, and say, this is right. what it is. But I think that this is really what we want our kids to be able to do as an extension of our families. Yeah. Um, so I use this one as a leader. Just It just reminds me that, you know, young people can have influence too. They have thoughts. They mm-hmm. can be all of these things. And we want to help shape them to do that. Yeah. So I'd Did say you have another scripture too? We were I do. I've got, yeah, I've got one more. And this one's also going to come back to the vineyard because uh, for a while, my wife and I were teaching... Um, the small group in Vineyard Kids at Grape Road uh, campus when we yeah. were up there. And this was one of the, the memory verses we had a long time ago. So this one comes out. And, and, and Hey, Team Vineyard, are you paying attention? Like some people actually <laughs> pay attention like during sermons. So Justin actually listens to like my talks or Pastor Steve's. They're like... Just, okay. I'm just excited that I someone will say, is listening. though, that my timelines might be off. It could have been a year ago that the leaders... I don't it's okay. Know. I'll find the date on that card because I, I actually my, might have it in my bag at oh, school. Oh, gosh. But another one uh, was one of our memory verses, and I think this really lines up with the, the title of the conversation, even if we didn't get a lot into the violence part. But uh, John 16, 33, uh, I have here, In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. That's an exclamation point. Oh. I have overcome the world. You know, that's John 16, 33. And that's one of those, whether it's violence, whether it's financial or relational, um, you know, I think when we, when we really stop and reflect, Jesus has already overcome, I mean, he's beaten all of this, mm. that we can just have our faith in him. We place our trust in him and know that, He's got us. Like yeah. so, I mean, there's going to be troubles. We're all. Gonna, it wasn't guaranteed free ride, easy life. Sure. So I, I really feel like that's another one that these these troubles, these tribulations, these trials are going to come, but we have to lean into Jesus instead of leaning out. Mm-hmm. So that that's was a that's verse. a second that second verse I wanted to share with you today. Yeah. Um. I think. Is there, as a person, and you're speaking now mm-hmm. to however many of us, that we uh, hopefully actually do pray? <laughs> we yeah. don't just talk about it. So if, because you have the ear of people who will be, who pray, we pray for our community, we pray for our schools, we pray for our kids and, and all those things. Is there a prayer request or two you think, man, if I could get one prayer answered, or if I could enlist the praying people of Vineyard, I would ask them to pray for what? What would you have us be praying about? I've got a, I think of two things. The first one, I mean, I think this would be almost a generalization, but just like, you know, God is is lifted up. In, in any of these hmm. situations that God's always glorified in this, that, that people are, are rallying to him, 
through any circumstances, even if it's happening in another state or another country where an event may have happened, that that we would still be looking at God and saying, and this is that part, like, what can we pray for? God, you know, help keep my kids safe, help help, sure. to, help to deliver them. Um, but I think also, you know, along with safety, even um, going a little bit further that, you know, our hearts break for all of those families. So while it might not be our school, I think we can pray for all of our children. Okay. You know, just the, the community and the nation of children, um, that as they raise up, that there will be more believers. You know, as, as we go on, I, I don't want to see this as, oh, less, not necessarily less people are going to church as generations go on. Right. But we actually have more true believers as... Mm-hmm. as they go from elementary or from the home to elementary to middle right. to high to individuals. So I really feel like a, a general prayer for all of our children in, in this nation that they're going to have hard times, but I just want God to be close to them. Well, this kind of goes back to your, but take heart, mm-hmm. right? Um, what was the, script, the, the scripture the, uh, in this world? You will have trouble, trouble, but yeah. take heart. And then uh, Jesus has overcome. Mm-hmm. So I do hear you saying, and I would just agree with this, that uh, violence slash any difficulty in the school system, mm-hmm. uh, the best uh, solution or help is we got to keep God in the middle of it. We got to get Jesus in the middle of it. So keeping keeping Him at arm distance, arm's distance. We, we want him closer than that mm-hmm. because he's uh, got so many answers to some of the difficult situations we're seeing. Yeah, and uh, Mark, if I could just add one more to that yeah. too. I mean, I think that um, as much as we could as adults is to pray for the leaders of those buildings, uh, the districts, the you know state. I mean, I, I think that that's also a call for us to do. I mean, it, it talks about yeah. praying for our leaders. Yes. You know, we would pray for you and uh, the leadership of the, the vineyard. Um, but really for the leaders to make good decisions, I think, for our children, um, mm-hmm. to open up, to make the best uh, course of action. It could be right. socially, academically, behaviorally, lots of different things. But, you know, as much as empowering the leaders because they're the ones that are making those decisions. So yeah. I know I would appreciate any prayers of, you know, God, just give them wisdom. You know, sure. all, every leader needs wisdom on doing yeah. Godly work. Um, so well, I, I would love that too. And I think I would finish our time by just saying to you, Justin, as a representative of uh, school teachers, of principals, of one of those leaders in our community, mm-hmm. as as the Vineyard Church, we just say to you and other teachers, leaders, we, we are appreciative of all the time that you spend trying to take care of the kids, trying to develop an atmosphere where they can learn. Um, we, we appreciate you uh, being a Christian mm-hmm. principal and, uh, you know, being driven by the scripture and love for the kids and, and all those things. And so um, I guess uh, Vineyard folks, as we finish up this podcast, let's be praying. Let's not let them down. Um, we, we never know how God might be up there waiting to jump in the middle of a situation. And he's hoping that we will pray and call out to him. Uh, for protection and for safety and for wisdom for our school leaders. Uh, any final comments? This is it, Justin. It's oh, your last oh. word. It's your last word to the Vineyard Church. You can like tell us to do anything or I don't know whatever. Any final comments? 
I'll just make two if I can make some <laughs> short make ones. Two. I'm going to try to first. I mean, one of the things I like to do, though, I just like to, you know, thank you for allowing me this opportunity to kind of oh, have yeah. some, you know, this conversation and be able to share some things. And, um, you know, I do hope that for those who are listening is just to continue to be vigilant in, in their children's lives, be a part of it. Um, you know, we think about the schools, we think about even churches and, you know, having them come to Vineyard Kids Ministry. Um, you know, we want them to get some strong Christian values from something like that. We want them to learn good things in school. Uh, but I, I really just kind of want to put a plug in there that it, it does. It starts at home. You know, it really does start at home with us and really kind of reflecting on our relationship with Jesus um, and then being able to to be the best parents that we can be. And we're not going to get it right every single day. And that's why I pray often, God, just help me to be a you know good parent. When we Where we mess up, I just pray that you supernaturally come in and just fix those things for me. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, God called us to be parents for a reason, and that was to make disciples of our children first. And that's what my wife and I, we love to do is we consider ourselves as making disciples starting with home, yeah. starting with our children and, and trying to give them that great foundation so that when they see another worldview, they already know they can come to you and say, but what's right? Yeah. Well, this is what the scripture says. So um, that's what I'm going to try to do myself uh, and try to get better at that. But I would encourage um, all that's those great. other parents who are out there and, you know, to connect, rely on each other because, you know, we're in this life together. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right. So, hey, well, there you go, Vineyard. Thank you so much, Justin, for being with us today. We hope that this was helpful to uh, the listeners, and we look forward to seeing you this weekend at the Vineyard. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks, Justin. Thank you.